I've got everyone's attention now. We're in 1 Peter chapter 3. We're talking about how to change our wives. And this message is for men who want a fantastic marriage. I hope that's everybody. This message is for men who are not content with their marriage the way it is. No matter how good it is, you're not content. Not content. You want it to be better. This message is for men who, who want to feel those, those sweaty palms again, that, that pounding heart and the, that lump in the throat, that, that kind of romance that you know should be alive and well in, in your marriage. This message is for those that want to tell their friends at work, man, you've got to meet my wife. She is awesome. This message is for men who want their wife to be their best friend. This message is for men who want to go, to go for walks. You, you want to want to go for walks. You want that. You, you want to have those long talks and, and those cherishing times with your wife as your closest companion. This message is for men that want to spark the passion, to fan the flame, to feel the fire that forced them sometime in the past in front of a church somewhere to push the words out of their lips, I do. Do you really take this woman to be your wife? Do you really? To have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health. Do you really take this woman and forsaking all others give yourself only to her so long as you both shall live? Do you really want that? Because if you do, then this message is for you. And so let's, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, or rather chapter 3 verse 7. And let's ask God to, to really show us what he wants to teach us in this verse. Now, there are seven verses that we have used as a text verse over the past two weeks. And isn't God amazing in that he gives six verses to help with the women? Because the women need more explanation. You know what I mean? They need details. They need illustrations. They need, they need a lot more. Just, they need more, more words to explain things. Man, just, just get to the point. Just cut to the chase. Just tell us what we need to do. Isn't that amazing how even God kind of knows what we need? Now, what's interesting, gentlemen, before we get too arrogant about the fact that we only needed one verse, here's what I found in the past week. There's more stuff in that one verse than there is in the other six put together. Verse 7. And here's what I want to do. I want to put verse 7 on the screen, even though you have it before you. And I want to ask, first of all, all the ladies to read that verse together. All right, ladies, on the count of three. One, two, three. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. All right, man, are you ready? Here we go. Likewise, ye husbands, say it with me, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. 
Now, ladies, that didn't sound like they said it with too much enthusiasm. Honestly, I thought the ladies said the verse for men better than the men said it. So, guys, I'm going to give you one more chance to redeem yourself. Because if you're not excited about helping your wife this morning, it may, it may not be good for your side. Okay, I know your wife came from your side, but listen, she's fixing to let you know where she came from. All right, here we go. 1 Peter 3, 7. One more time, guys. And say it with just like, I really want this, okay? Here we go, guys. Likewise, ye husbands, better, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Very good. All right. So we're going to study that verse together. And in that verse, I find six things. And if you do these six things, I like lists. I'm a list guy. I like just give me a list of things to do. I'm a, I'm a list person. I'm kind of old school when it comes to a to-do list. I don't use my smartphone or my iPad. I probably should. I like to, Cindy knows this about me, I like to get calendars printed out so I can write down everything that I have to do. But just for some reason, I like to scratch through things when I get it done. And you can't scratch on an iPhone, you know. I like to take my pen and yeah, I got it done, you know. Kind of weird, isn't it? But I like lists. And so here's six things. Now here's the beautiful thing about these six things in verse 7. If you do these six things consistently. That's the key word. That's the key word, gentlemen. Consistently. Then it is a guarantee that these six things will totally, radically transform your wife and your marriage. Now, I mean, I'm sitting up right now. If I, I'm standing up, I know, but if I'm sitting out there and, and, and I'm a man, and I, even if I'm a man who who's, has a desire to get married and wants to figure it out before it happens, I'm sitting up, I want to find what, what six things could for sure 100% guarantee totally transform in a radical way my wife and my marriage. All right, let's start with husbands dwell with them. You see that? Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them. Now, the word dwell means more than just physical intimacy. A lot of, a lot of times we like to use the dwell with them and kind of get straight to the bedroom or to the physical part of the relationship. But can I tell you, that really is not, in a, in, in a real sense of the word, what that word means. In fact, most theologians or people that I have studied after said that really what that word dwell with it's much more than in, uh, intimacy the term really encompasses everything that's involved in the married life here's how you can sum it all up all right you can sum it all up like this by the way is Elijah still in here Elijah Smoot he, he, he probably did leave okay um, if he, he was in here I was going to have him do some sort of a uh, thing on the piano because this is big I want to get your attention so uh, ladies give me a drum roll like this give me a drum roll you ready ladies Come on, ladies. You ready? Come on. Get with it. Let's go. Bang on those legs. Come on, girls. You guys like to have fun in church? Drum roll. Are you ready? Here it is. T. Drum roll. I. M. Thank you. There it is. Dwell with your wife. Gentlemen, there's the secret word. Don't forget it. Write it down indelibly upon the tables of your heart. Time. T-I-M-E. Number one, I simply want to say this. Spend time with your wife. Invest and share your life with your wife. This is much more than just sleeping under the same roof. This is much more than just getting in a car and taking a drive somewhere. No, no. Much more than that. 
Now, every man understands the concept, right? You understand the concept. If you want to improve your bowling score, if you want your golf game to be better, if you want to crush all the competition at work, if you want to grow the best lawn on the street, if you want to shrink your waistline, got the point yet? What does all that take? It takes time. That's the concept. If you want to change things, if you want to make a difference, it all takes time. And you don't get a great marriage by, by just, you know, living together under the same roof. It takes time. You have to pour time into the relationship with your wife. And you're not going to have a great marriage without pouring time into your relationship. That's what it means when it says dwell with That means you can't do everything you're doing right now and have a great marriage. You you can't do everything you're doing right now. Some of us are wondering how our marriages are going to get better. And the truth of the matter is we're going to have to look at our schedule and find out what is it we can rearrange and even move out or, or reduce drastically like hobbies. Let me tell you what my hobby is. It's my wife and my family. I'm not preaching against things. I'm not. I don't want to make anybody so uncomfortable that you won't come back to church. But the truth of the matter is, I don't have a golf game. My bowling life stinks. I've been once in the past three years. My lawn looks so-so, not all that great. It's okay. Not a whole lot of things in my life I'm batting a thousand on. But with this chick right here, I think I'm doing pretty good. Because I know one thing, she needs time. And none of those things, including my friends, she's my best friend. There is no friend I want to be with for hours on end more than I want to be with her. Time. It takes time. We've got to invest in time. And there's no way we can do everything we're doing right now. Now, now I can hear guys right now. I'm getting a, a, a telegraphic thing. How much time is this exactly going to take? All right, let's start with this. Let's start with this. Got 15 minutes a day. One evening a week. One whole day a month. And one weekend every year. Can we start there? This year. 15 minutes every day. Quality, sit down. She's got nobody but your attention. You're going to listen to everything and and communicate 15 minutes a day of of, of absolutely uninterrupted time. One evening a week. Every week. We're going to go on a a, a, a scheduled date night that we have sat down in our 15-minute conversation. and, And we're going to schedule that every single week without fail. This is how how much time it's going to take at least to start. And then what we're going to do is we're going to take a whole day a month. I mean, one day every month, it's just you and me, babe. It's a Saturday. It's, it's, a, it's a Friday when I get off work. I'm, I'm going to take a half a day. We're going out, just you and me, going to a movie, going to your favorite restaurant. Or if we don't have the money, we'll take a walk downtown Hot Springs and, and get an ice cream cone and, and kick back in the park downtown and just look at people walk by that are weird. It's great. I'm actually one of those people. (laughs) And then, one weekend a year. 
taking off on Friday, coming back on maybe a long weekend, like on Tuesday, going to Branson, maybe to Dallas, somewhere fun, just to have a good time together. We need our homes to ring afresh with phrases like, hey, sweetheart, why don't you come with me? I got to run to the, to, to the church. Why don't you just come with me? You know? We need our homes to ring afresh with things like this. Hey, let's do this together, me and you. What about this phrase? Got time for lunch today at 1130? Let's meet. We need that. Those phrases need to be normal and, 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 and uh, they need to be more than just occasional phrases in our, in our co- communication with one another. Here's the second thing. You ready? Number two. The verse says, according to knowledge. Likewise, husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge now i want to show you the esv translation i had ken put that up because it's a very good translation it says likewise husbands live with your wives in an understanding way but i still think on this particular verse the best translation is still the old king james that says according to knowledge stronger stronger wording there knowledge and i just want to give you both because i know some folks use the the ESV, and that's fine. But I wanted you to see the old King James today as well because that word, according to knowledge, is such a strong message. Can I give you the essence of the word, according to knowledge, or understanding? Dwell with your wife according to every piece of information you can get your hands on. All of it. Some of us really don't know what's going on in our wives' lives. We have no idea. Study the Bible. Knowledge. Study the word of God to find out what kind of husband am I supposed to be? Knowledge. Study your wife. That's number two. Study your wife. Study your wife. Become a student of your wife. Know what she loves. Know what she hates. Know what fires her up. Know what a good time to approach her is. Know when a bad time to approach her is. Understand what makes her tick. Study her. Dwell with her according to to knowledge or in an understanding way. You know, lives, wives are weird. Is your wife like this, guys? They love it when they don't have to explain themselves all the time. They love it when they, when they don't have to uh, always tell us what they mean by what they said. Here's what wives lo- love, as I see it. My wife loves this. I don't know how many of you ladies agree with this, or so I'll get an amen here. They like to be understood. They like to be understood. They like it when we know already, you know, what, what they mean or what they're trying to say or what, or what I mentioned a moment ago, what they like or what they hate. Let me give you six things that men would know about their wives if they would take some time to study them. Give you, these are six things you would know if you take the time. The problem is we're not taking the time. All right, first of all, they would know that the word nothing actually means anything. What's wrong, honey? Oh, nothing. No, no, listen. That actually means anything. That means several things. First of all, it means she means figure it out. Or or she means nothing specifically that I can put my finger on at the moment. Or she means try harder and I'll tell you. Or maybe she means, do I have to write it in the sky? What do you mean? What's wrong? If we'd study our wives, we'd know them. 
And we know that nothing means, means anything. Number two, women are bothered by a lot of things that guys don't even notice. No, men, men, don't say amen. Somebody counsel that gentleman, whoever said that. This is the ladies' sermon. Ladies, you say amen. Guys, shut up. <laughs> You're killing us, okay? I'm joking. <laughs> sort of. Um, number three. Romance springs from sacrifice and planning, not from convenience. Lady, uh, uh, gentlemen, let me give you a hint. The guy selling roses at the curbside, not a good deal. You know, the $5 guy, I'm homeless, he's got a rose. And you go home, you're thinking you're all good and fine. And you give her the $5 rose that you picked up at the stoplight. You know what she'd rather you do? Go across town and spend 60 on a dozen. You say, but I don't have 60. Well, then, listen, she'd rather you plan and save up than just do it because it was convenient to do. Number four, if you'd study, if we'd study our wives, we would learn pretty quickly that sex is the topping on a Sunday at the end of a good day, not the fire escape from a bad day. If we'd study our wives, we would know that about them. Number five, that genuine compliments are never wasted. If we'd study our wives, we would know that. I mean, we would know that, you know, hey, no woman has ever said, he's just too nice to me. That woman, woman is not in the building today. She's not here. He just always tells me I look nice. It's pathetic. I don't know you. <laughs> you look nice, sweetheart. She could hear that 20 times a day. You're beautiful. Boy, this meal was delicious. The best cook. Man, I'm so glad I married you. Number six, that a little help goes a long way. You know what I'm talking about, guys? Like helping with the laundry, like helping to clean the house, like doing the dishes. Sorry, I'm not, uh, I should have left that one out. Okay, sorry. I've gone, I've gone too far. Sometimes we can go too far in preaching, okay? Stop at the dishes. Okay. A little help goes a long way. The bottom line, ready? Bottom line, study your wife. Number three, likewise ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Dwell with them, spend time with them. According to knowledge, study them, giving honor unto the wife. Now what's honor? To value who she is and what she does and reward her with every means available to you. That's what it means to honor your wife, to value who she is. To value what she does. And then to reward her every time you get a chance. Man, our wives put themselves out for us. I say this because I, I tell you, there, there's nobody that put the, puts themselves out for me more than my wife. She's amazing. I mean, I don't know what I'd do without her. I don't, I don't know how I could live. I don't know how I could exist. I don't know how I could breathe without Carol Ann. Every day. Seriously. Scares me to think about what life would be if I didn't have her just there to run an errand, there for a quick phone call, there to bring something that I forgot at the house to the office. I mean, you name it. The list is a thousand things that she 
does for me, she puts herself out for me. Many times have I called her coming home late at night, sweetheart, could you make me my favorite sandwich? And she knows what that is. She knows I like burnt toast and, and turkey with, you know, a little mayonnaise and red onions and lettuce and tomato and cheddar cheese. She fixes that and, and sometimes I'm so stupid, I even say this, hey, could you have it ready when I walk in? I'm starving. The gall of me to say that. Who do I think I have it ready when I walk in? But guess what? It's ready when I walk in. Men, our wives put themselves out for us. Give her what she deserves. Now, the primary focus here of honoring your wife is dealing with, with verbal honor, and, and even in public. But let me give you some ways you can honor your wife without saying a word. Number one, walk away from negative conversations about wives. Here's four or five guys getting together. Yeah, you know, man. My wife, I tell you what, the old lady that I... Here's me. Here's you. From after this message. Hey, sorry, guys. I'm out of this conversation. My wife is awesome. Number two. Give your wife $100. Finally! Finally! Did you see what happened there? I mean, so far, just, you know... This church struggles really with just expressing themselves. We're trying to pull it out of you in small groups, Charlie. We're working on it, right? It's starting to happen. But even in this, in this setting, it's like, but $100, woo! You can just feel the energy. Here's $100. You do whatever you want to do. Save it up. Put your change out of your pockets in a little place and just let it gather till it gets 100. Go down to the bank, ask for a brand new Benjamin Franklin. Brand new. I mean, the crispy ones with like the, they're cool, aren't they? They got the little color thing on them. Some people don't like them. I, I like them. I, I, like, I like $100 bills. I don't care what they look like. <laughs> and just give her that in a little card, a little love note. Just say, just thinking about you. No groceries, no laundry detergent, because you know that's what she'll spend it on most of the time. Just spend it on you. Say to the kids, your mom deserves a day off. Don't ask her one thing today. If you have a question, if you have a need, if you want to eat, whatever you want, it's dad's day. Mom's kicking her legs up. She's doing absolutely nothing today. See, my wife got an amen right there. So you can tell. I got some stuff. I told you I've got some stuff to work on. I told you. Number four, look away from any provocative picture. Look away from any provocative picture. By the way, that includes a woman in the mall or at Walmart or on the street. Just look away. Sometimes we glance and we see something that we shouldn't be looking at, staring at, definitely not looking at a second time. Just look away. You know, our wives notice when we look away. They know, and they love it. They notice. Give honor to your wife. Number four, as unto the weaker vessel. Husbands love your, uh, rather likewise ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the weaker vessel. Now, l- let me say this about the weaker vessel. This is not speaking of, you know, just plain and, 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 and simple that men aren't weak and, you know, we're not, we don't have some deficiencies. We're all weak, okay? Let's just get that settled right away before a woman takes it too personal 
we're all weak. But when it comes to physical strength, women are weaker than men. I mean, if we had a, after church, just said, hey, we're having a little arm wrestling contest, you know, men against the women, I, I think it'd probably pretty much hopefully be, you know, men 100, women zero. I don't know about you, but I can beat my husband in arm wrestling. Really, what you did was you said a whole lot more about him than you said about yourself, okay? (laughs) Physically, I'm talking about. So let's put number four down like this. Protect your wife. Protect your wife. Protect and care for them physically. You know what I've found out about most women, or, or I think maybe all women, is safety means a lot to them. Safety means a lot to a woman. What does it mean to protect our wives in this day and age? Three things. Number one, men can protect their wives physically by showing patience when things seem dangerous. We can protect our wives physically when we show patience. Can I tell you something about women? They do not get an adrenaline rush when when, when there's danger in the air. It just doesn't do anything for them. You know, I mean, when, when, when... when, when, I'm, when I'm going a little too fast down the expressway and my wife puts her hands on my leg and says, sweetheart, could you slow down? Come on, man, give me a break, man. I'm driving, everything's cool. My wife hates 18-wheelers. Oh, my goodness. She hates them. I mean, she, she literally, she, I have never heard her cuss in 25 years, but almost when an 18-wheeler passes us, that, 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 she just... I'm like, honey, calm down. She just gets scared. She thinks that every time she thinks the truck is coming and it's going to run us off the road and she just gets scared. It doesn't do anything for her. I I don't don't need to say, here comes an 18-wheel. Let's fix it again. Exciting. (sighs) She doesn't get an adrenaline rush when, you know, a a car is is coming straight at us and and we've got a little room to get out. We pretty much know we're going to get it out of the the passing lane. We're going to be fine. We're just kind of having a little bit of fun here, you know. Doesn't do much for her. Number two, men can protect their wives by ensuring their safety in your absence. The husband whose job requires him to be gone away a lot, overnight maybe. Can I tell you, when you're gone... I know when I'm going to that motel room and I'm on the third floor, you know, and I'm getting me a little ESPN and maybe some pretzels and a little bottle of water before I go to bed and everything's cool. And, man, I got 17 pillows on my, on my you know what I mean, 17 pillows on the thing, and I'm just going <laughs> to, every noise she hears, <laughs> you know, she's glad Mo has a concealed weapons license, you know, every noise. Ensure their safety, especially if you travel a lot. We can protect our wives physically by managing our aggression during conflict. Men, don't throw things. Men, don't punch the wall. Don't do that. It's not protecting your wife. Men, men, hey, listen. Hear me, men. Don't raise your voice. Don't do it. Don't get that growl and don't get, don't tighten your lips. Don't, don't do that. Don't scare your wife. Back away. Tone it down. If your wife ever cowers in front of you, you are the coward. You are, man. For not protecting your wife like you're supposed to protect her. 
So ask yourself this question this morning. Does my wife feel protected by my strength? By my God-given presence in the home? Does she feel more protected? Number five. Tuffy here, open up to her. Open up to her. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life. Let's talk about that for just a moment. Open up to our wives. We are heirs together of the grace of life. So first of all, let's talk about what the grace of life means, and then we'll go back real quick and talk about what it means to be heirs together. You see, the grace of life is all of the blessings that God pours into your marriage. Amen? Ooh. Wow. Amen? Okay, that's okay. I know, you know, in the transition, listen, let me tell you something about the transition. You can still say amen. I know we've transitioned, but amens are okay in church. Some of you guys think we can't say amen anymore, man. It's okay to say amen. Thank you. All right. Helps the preacher. The joy of the honeymoon, that's the grace of life. The joy of the honeymoon. The intimacy we enjoy is a gift from God. Our children, five beautiful children, that's the grace of life. Grandchildren not too far into the distant future after June 7th comes. Don't tell Mo I said that. Actually, I hope he waits a while, you know what I'm saying? The amazing things that have happened in our marriage, honey. All the unbelievable blessings. It's the grace of life. Heirs together means this. Listen. It is God's design that we should share life together. God has been so good. His blessings have been abundant. And so what we want to do is we want to open up and do life together. Share life together. We have been blessed. The grace of life has been abundant. God has been so good to us. He's bestowed his love and mercy upon our lives. Let's enjoy God together. In order to do that, you're going to have to open up. The number one complaint of women in North America is this. It relates to husbands who won't open up to their wives. Oftentimes I hear this in in my office in counseling. Well, he just won't open up to me. He just won't open up. Men don't normally disclose themselves to their wives. The only way to get to know each other is to understand what disclosure means. To open up to her. Husbands, don't be a closed book. You know, when you look at a book on a shelf, you can find out who the author is. You can find out what the title of the book is. Is that all she knows about you? What your name is and where you work and just a few basic things? You need to open up the book and let her read the whole thing, chapter to chapter. Disclosure. It's a process. It takes time. It's what you talk about when you get together on these one evening a night, uh, one evening a week dates. It's what the art of marriage class has been teaching us. Those of you that have taken it with me as we go on our weekly dates and go through those questions and boy are those thought-provoking heart-wrenching. We've taken the class for the last six weeks, and Carol Ann and I have both said, whether it's been at Olive Garden, San Francisco Bread Company, or wherever we've had our dates in the recent days, we've looked at each other and said, wow, we haven't talked about this in years. This is so cool. We've had a blast. But it's made us think. It's made me think. It's made me realize, boy, there's some things. You know, she asked me the other day, tell me something that, that you don't that bothers you that I do. And then I asked her the same question. And we're like, wow, we've 
we needed to ask that like 15 years ago. <laughs> Just disclosure, open book, man. Spend time with your wife, study your wife, honor your wife, protect your wife, open up to your wife. Number six, look at that last statement. That your prayers be not hindered. Number six is this. Write this down, gentlemen. Pray with her. Pray with her. I don't know how many men find it, like I find it sometimes, hard to pray with my wife. Some some reason it's just not the easiest thing in the world to do. In fact, let me just back up and say this. It's hard sometimes to pray. Just to find time to pray. Some of the greatest men that I've known, and I've not known them very well, but like, like taking Adrian Rogers, the great pastor there of Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, had his membership well over 20,000, and I got to know him the last two years of his life, just a little bit, got to take our picture with him and, and, and wrote some letters back and forth, and I heard Dr. Rogers in a closed pastor's meeting with 100 pastors, and one of the pastors asked the question, what's the one regret that you have? His body's filled with, can- with cancer. I didn't know this, but he was going to die just a little under two years from answering this question. He, would have, he, he went to heaven. Dr. Rogers didn't stutter. He just looked at that man. What's the one regret you have? He said, oh, that's easy. He said that I would have prayed more. I mean, just like, it, it, just, it, was, it was that quick. It was like, he didn't have to think that I would have prayed more. Could that be the one, one regret all of us have? That we would have prayed more. That we would have spent more time talking to God. What about with our wives? Just praying with our wives, taking the time to, to, to pray with them. And, you know, if you think about the context of this verse, think about it. Likewise, husbands, dwell with your wives. Dwell with them according to knowledge. Give honor to them as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life. It says all of that in, in, the, in the context of that verse. Are you hearing this? If you do those things, if you'll do those things, you'll connect with me in prayer. But if you don't? Your prayers aren't going to get answered. Your prayers are going to be hindered. Your prayers are going to be blocked. Gentlemen, I need God to help me. I need God to answer my prayers. I need to have an open line of communication. I don't want my prayers to be cut off because I was a dumb, neglectful husband who didn't take the time to get to know my wife. And all the while, I could have had so many more answered prayers. But dummy me, I'm so selfish. I won't do these things that God said. Do these things and your prayers will be answered. You'll be in good shape. Your prayers won't be cut off. Wow. Six things. Six. You do them consistently, it'll transform your wife. It'll transform your marriage. Six things. Spend time. Study your wife, honor your wife, protect your wife, open up to your wife, and pray with your wife. Let's do this. Last week I had the men to bow their heads. I'm going to have the ladies, if they would, please, to bow their heads this, this morning. If every lady would go ahead and just pray. Women, pray. Pray right now. And men, I want you to look at me for just a second. I want you to see what I wrote at the very bottom of your... I want you to see that, if you would. At the bottom of your worship, God, men, you are responsible before God for the condition of your marriage. You are the God-ordained leader of your home. I believe this with all of my heart, gentlemen. Everything rises and falls on leadership. I do believe that. 
And God has placed you as the God-ordained leader in your home. If you have a great marriage, then you know what? Keep working at it. You're not there yet. Practice these things even more than you are now. Because obviously, if you have a great marriage, more than likely, some of these things are active in your marriage right now. Keep working at it. If your marriage is struggling, and I know that's many of us here this morning, your marriage is struggling. It's just, it's, it's not thriving. And I want to ask you to look at these six things, and maybe this morning what God would have you to do is to come to the altar. Just say, God, I need your help. God, I want to be the kind of man that you want me to be. Let me ask it like this. If God is convicting you right now, respond. Respond to the conviction. And join me at the altar. I know I'll be here. Father, I thank you for...